As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit What's up, everybody? I'm Stephanie Raffalock. And I'm David Yak here. And you're listening to Yak About Today. This is a place to hear conversations, gain insights and perspectives from the mouths of baby boomers. That's us. So if the years 46 to 64 mean something to you, then this is the place that you want to be. So put on your headphones, go for a walk, and listen to what we yak about today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, what was I going to talk about? Maybe I was going to talk about how at our age we have uh, short-term memory loss. Maybe that's what I was going to talk about. Now, I've got currents, okay? Yeah. And it's sort of informational and it could be somewhat a bit down but it's a jumping off of our conversation um last week you know we talked about how we were feeling a bit down Mm -hmm. and you know it interferes with the way we're operating uh I, i sort of was thinking a great deal about that and you know everything you read you read from a 
physical point of view, how COVID-19 is affecting more senior people. And by the way, I did read several times that geriatric is 65 and older. So this is a term I thought I'd never say, except in, uh, you know, my grandmother, maybe when my parents got very old. But in the, I won't say it again, in the more senior community. (laughs) (laughs) So in the more senior community, what's happening is not only there's a fear of this virus, because generally we're the most uh, susceptible to the virus. Yeah. You know, we understand that, and it's really locked us up in the house uh, quite a bit. But what you're not reading about, really, is that all the other effects of being stuck in the house, there are other things that happen. We understand that there are mental ramifications from being locked up, and especially by seniors, because many senior people don't have their mates anymore. And okay, they're not communicating with anybody, unless you live in a, uh, in a development like you and I live in. Mm-hmm. where you can get out and pass by neighbors and at least communicate with people. But there are many, many people that are locked up in apartment buildings in the big cities, and they're right. alone. And their usual places that they may find company, you know, they may go out to pottery classes, they may go out to yoga classes, we may go out to do other things that, you know, we socialize with, and that has stopped. In addition to that, we always talk about how... Um, Technology solves a lot of our problems. You can get on. I remember we were talking about how a lot of grandparents are spending a lot of time with their grandchildren online. A major percentage of people who are more senior aren't in tune with the latest technologies. They have difficulty with it. So reaching out using technology is not a viable option either. The other thing that uh, we're facing is that Um, the help that we have for the senior community uh, is not quite there anymore. So I've told you the story of how Bill is, um, more or less, he's a chef for this uh, 95-year-old friend of ours, but also a great, great companion. And she needs 24-hour day uh, care. And in that care, the caregivers themselves are so fearful of the disease, they've stopped working which are leaving the more senior people who are in need of that kind of care in jeopardy, which exasperates their, you know, their mental state and their physical state. Um, Also, the costs are doubling. You know, people are charging twice to take risks to go to homes. When I was thinking about how you and I were a bit down last week, I almost feel guilty about why we were down. Right. You know, we were locked up in the house. And yes, that's causing us a certain amount of stress and depriving us of a lifestyle that we've become used to. At the same time, and, you know, I I didn't know how to think about this because I still think about when I talk about more senior people as being our parents' age. But it's not true. There are people in need in the 70s. You know, so that's sort of the current event you know, that I think we didn't foresee and you don't read about that much. But I see it. I see it in Miriam, that's her name, who, who Bill's with, and Bill struggling to keep 24-hour care for her. You know, coming in, she is without any companionship unless Bill takes the chance and goes there every day, risks whatever risk he's taking, and us. I think that's what hit me this week. And I'm sorry we had two weeks of talking about an opening downer. 
Well, uh, I mean, it's just the times that we live in is that, you know, we're all having to adjust. And there are some communities that the adjustment is harder. You think about people with disabilities and the adjustments that they've had to make during these times when they're used to certain services That's right. that now are harder to get. And certainly the senior community in that regard. And now you're seeing it, you know, it's come down. It's kind of like the trickle down effect. Um, you're seeing it with parents who are much younger who are having to make this horrible, horrible decision of do I keep my child safe and find some means of homeschooling or do I send my kid back to school? And if I send them back to school, I maybe I can go to work. And if I don't send them back to school, then how am I going to work? So it's, it's affected our day-to-day social, relational interaction and there's just no escaping it and what keeps getting underscored for me for me again and again and again is how much people need people Mm. how much we need each other that our mental health depends upon our ability to interact and relate with someone in the world and while zoom and facebook and and whatnot pick up the slack on that a little bit it's not the same. It's not the same for me to go into a grocery store and to talk to the person behind the counter who has a big plexiglass shield up in front of them and their half their face is covered and half my face is covered. Mm. It's not the same kind of interaction. The nuance of human relationship is, um, is slipping away from us. Um, I do think it's something that we will recover. But in the meantime, I keep reminding myself man, don't take your friends for granted or the people in your life, like the checker at the grocery store, or the UPS guy, don't take these people for granted because we need human interaction to have a good world. And it's, it's hard to come by these days. You know, there was a time when being a shut-in was your choice and, right. now, and now it's not. And right. speaking about the, um, the people working at the supermarket, since that's the only thing I do, I have a new set of best friends. Uh, the woman at the bakery and I chat all the, <laughs> all the time, right, through yeah. our masks. Uh, I have my favorite checkout people, you know, right. when I ask them about the family and they ask me how things are going. Um, most of the time they're always offering to carry my groceries because of my age, which is very nice. It helps me, you know, have some companionship going out to right, the car. Right. But... I'm not sure where this ends. It doesn't get, things do not get better the longer we're in these situations. They only get worse. And, you know, everybody's eyeing this vaccine, although a lot of people are telling me they won't take the vaccine. But there seems to be, I wish there was not necessarily only a leader for us, and we desperately need one, a leader who could help us, you know, actually doing things plus mentally and physically and being somebody who would take care of this population. But you need a spiritual guide up there, too. Somebody has to be there for us. You had uh, Roosevelt during the war doing fireside chats who kept the whole country listening as he settled them down, you know, gave them updates, gave them peace of mind because there was leadership there. Now, you know, honestly... 
it's every man for themselves here. Well, it kind of is. You know, I mean, a lot of the governors have done really well and, and some of them not so well. And the, what's been missing is that we don't have one strategy, one plan that everybody sticks to it and we're all in this together and there's a goal in mind. Right. I mean, that seems like a pretty simple thing to set up, you know, and, and to listen to the people around you about, you know, testing and when you test and how you track and how you trace and what population bases you focus on and uh, especially populations where people are close in together. And we just haven't had that. So I, I think that we go on like this um, until something in that shifts that we have some kind of natural or um, national direction. All right, I'm going to give you the last word on this. No, actually, I'll take the last word on this. Okay, you take the last word. Groceries are out of control. The prices, I don't know what you're seeing, but certainly down here that we're paying easily 25 30% more for groceries than we were. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a $90 bill, you know, when we walk into a store, actually, every time you walk into a store, it seems to be $90 for nothing. But anyway, now it's about 120 Groceries have become really expensive. And that's not doing a lot of this population who's unemployed any good either. Right, right. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Last word. Okay. Uh, next. Let me look around. Look around. Um, 1975. 1975. All right. So we're going to take a break uh, right now uh, for a great sponsor, and we'll be right back. I'm David Yakir with Stephanie Ruffalock. You're listening to Yak About Today. Oh, one more word. I want to get it in while I remember it. There are times for the radio audience that this show gets cut off um, because we're only allotted a certain amount of time. So if you do get cut off, please come to yakabouttoday.com or any place you get your podcasts and just sort of search for Yak About Today and then subscribe and then hit a bell and then hit notification. So every time uh, Stephanie and I utter a word, you'll get uh, a little bell that rings on your phone. All right, we'll be right back. And we are back. You're listening to Yak About Today with David and Steffers. You know, I never use that. I know you love that. That's when people <laughs> call you Steffers. I have sort of still a formal relationship with you. I still say Stephanie Ruffalock. Well, at least it's not Mrs. Ruffalock, you know. <laughs> You're doing well. Okay. But I'm going to practice before we go okay. on the air. I'll okay. sit a there lot of say, people call me Steffers, and I sign a lot of my emails, my more personal emails, I sign Steffers. Now, I will tell you a quick story about how I used to sign my emails. Even in business, I had a sense of, you know, familiarity and accessibility and personability. So uh, some of my business emails were not so formal. And I used to sign off big hugs, mm-hmm. comma, Stephanie, except that one day I was typing very fast and a, a doc in town that I didn't know very well, I signed off big jugs, comma, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> and it sort of became a joke, you know, because he wasn't sure what I was getting at. <laughs> and when we talked about it, of course, I laughed. And then I said, well, a girl can dream. <laughs> A girl can dream. Oh, too funny. Too funny. Now, let's talk about 1975. 1975. Do you want to start? Yes. Okay. There was so much about 75 that was so innocent that I loved returning back to the place. Okay. Mood rings. Oh. Pet rocks. 
eight tracks. I had a Volvo with an eight track in it. Mm-hmm. Um, disco, of course, which I was never that crazy about. The song of the year, Captain and Tennille, Love Will Keep Us Together. Love, I thought love she was so adorable. I thought he was a drug addict, but I love the song. <laughs> and album of the year, Paul Simon. One, this is still one of my all-time favorite albums. Still crazy after all these mm-hmm. years. Great album. But the big thing I remember about 1975, and there's a personal story attached to it, is that it was the year that Saturday Night Live started. Mm-hmm. The very first Saturday Night Live show. And my friends and I were so excited about it. We went out and we got frozen yogurt, which was kind of a new thing. And um, we smoked a joint. And we watched Saturday Night Live and we laughed our yayas off. Absolutely. Great stuff. Great stuff. I also know that the Vietnam War ended that year, um, but I don't remember that being as spectacular <laughs> as Saturday Night Live. And all the the very first cast of that show that we all fell in love with, and mm-hmm. Jane Curtin and John Bellucci and uh, Chevy Chase, really, really great, fun stuff. Just Which brilliant. I, the comedians of my youth. That's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think um, from a uh, news perspective, I think the biggest one there was the Vietnam War ending. Yeah, I mean that was, I guess, the end. That was the end of really a generational thing that happened. But you're right about it entering um, the disco era, and I had just come back from the University of California, Santa Barbara. I finished my master's, which I did on radio theater. That was my master's. And I went back and I recreated all the old radio, the popular radio dramas with a team of theater people. We went into the studio and my biggest success was uh, War of the Worlds. I redid War of the Worlds using newer sound effects. Uh, Nothing like we have today, obviously, but somebody brought in a Moog synthesizer. Which that was, was really new then. Right, which was the first electronic instrument that could do more than just a piano or any one instrument. Um, anyway, so I came back to New York and got my apartment in Brooklyn Heights, which I wish to this day I had stayed in. But all of a sudden, I had come back to the city I was born into, except it was a different world. It was nightclubs and Studio 54, and it was dancing all night, and it was a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have been doing, probably, and the reason why I can't (laughs) think today. Um, But I remember it was a period of, I would use the word hedonism. That's the word Mm -hmm. I would use. It was just anything went. Yeah, Um, yeah. That, that was a fallout, I think, from, you know, coming out of the 60s into the 70s, sort of, a, you know, it was like a whatever, anything goes right. kind of attitude. And, and almost this cultural overlay, especially from the youth, mm-hmm. that if you weren't game for anything, there was something wrong with you. You were uptight. <laughs> and, I, you know, and, and so there was a lot of um, self-betrayal at the t- that I think people dealt with, you know, like, in the next 10 years, but not during the time that it was happening. There was a recklessness mm-hmm. to being young. 
you know, there's usually a wild quality to being young, which I think is really great. You know, that artistic sense, that sense of wanting to experience the world and be curious. But the reckless part is where, well, it's really where you really get into trouble because it becomes, it starts to become a betrayal of self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. One other thing I remember, and uh, maybe this will end the discussion, is it was the first time that I actually really had to deal with what I was going to become, how, uh, how I was going to earn a living. Right. Um, that was, for me, you know, come back it's to big, New York. Big, big choice. Stayed with my parents, got my own place. My mother says, so, where are you working? Right. What are you going to do with your life? Right. I became a bartender, like everybody else. My favorite job ever. Ever. Sure, because you love to talk to people. That's right. Especially you. Uh, so, uh. <laughs> all right. We're going to do another break, and then you're coming back and tell us, telling us what you've been thinking. You got it. All right. We're back. Steffers, David, here. Now, I know you've been actively thinking this week. So tell us about it. Well, I've been thinking about it, the fix it now culture that's getting in the way of our new beginning. So last week I talked with a young man who told me that he was going to do a workshop to help him heal up things with his dad, but really heal. He told me like all the way healed. And I couldn't argue with his intent or his sincerity but I did want to argue with his sense of destination. It's what we do in this culture. We want to heal something and be done with it as if it's a destination point. When in reality, emotional healing is an ongoing process that teaches us tolerance, forgiveness, and acceptance at every turn. There is no destination point. If you're trying to resolve a psychological wound in your life, working to gain a better understanding of the self helps to make you a better person. And that's what healing is all about. Similarly, with forgiveness, we don't just forgive and then boom, we're done. If you're forgiving someone who hurt you or done you wrong, as the song says, you may want to look at the biblical reference of forgiveness 70 times seven. What that means is that forgiveness too is a process. It's not a benediction, and more often than not, it's not a one-time thing, which means it's not a destination point. Though I believe that if we work on forgiving and we work on healing, we do get better. We grow more open, more compassionate, and more understanding. And finally, my big pet peeve is this whole woke phenomenon. First of all, it's just bad grammar. <laughs> Second of all, like the examples of healing and forgiveness, awakening is not something that happens to us once and we're good to go. Awakening is a process of psychological and spiritual growth brought about by learning more about yourself and your world and then being humbled by how little you really know. In these COVID times, we're anxious for the lives that we once knew. As an older woman, I sometimes lament lost youth, but I know that I can never go back to who I used to be. 
As with COVID, we've embarked on this brave new journey, but there's no destination point. Even with a vaccine, the world is different now. Things have changed. And rather than thinking that everything is going to one day go back to normal, we'd do better to spend our thoughts on how we move forward in a world that's polluted and vulnerable to pandemic. Because it's out of that messiness and that mud, that potential for adaptation and innovation is going to come about. We're all engaged in a process of healing, forgiveness, and awakening. And it won't come quickly, and it won't come completely. But it does hold the possibility of building a better world that will make us better people. And that's what I've been thinking about. I hope that you, dear listener, will give it some thought, too. Okay, David, tell me something good. All right. By the way, bravo on that. Um. Maybe this is a good follow-up. So when we do pick, you know, who's going to do what section, and, you know, we all take our turns and, you know, tell me something good, and I knew it was my turn, you know, I sat all day yesterday and I couldn't think of something good. And mm. it bothered me. It, it bothered me. I mean, it goes back to all the times we're living in and all the negativity and all that. And then I realized there was something good that was coming out of it, and I keep underappreciating it, and maybe this sort of fits in with some of your I've been thinking, and that is my walking has taken on a bigger part of my life, the meditative part of the walking. I walk longer. It means more to me. I don't seem to be in a rush to end it. I get to enjoy it more. So in all the struggles of having to come up with something good, I ended up with something I already knew was the only good thing I was doing all along, except I'm appreciating it more. And now even more that it was my turn to tell you uh, something good. So that was my something good. good. I like that. So um, should we say goodbye? Do we have to? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) so um okay we'll say goodbye and we'll be back next week i would say same place at the same time but that sort of doesn't work anymore because it could be any time you could listen to us out there and i hope i hope people are enjoying it you know we talked about asking a question and i just want to let everybody know we are sort of reworking the facebook page now I think we're in the process of putting up final art, which should be up sometime relatively Next soon. Next couple of weeks, yeah. But it's there. And one of the things that you and I talk about all the time is the subject matter and what's of interest to people. And also, um, you know, right now we're only talking to the people we know about helping us design the show, you know, to better get across, I guess, what our purpose is. And it would be nice to start engaging the audience in a Facebook conversation. Yeah, so and come on Facebook, Yak, Yak About Today, and it's Y-A-K, Yak About Today on Facebook. And um, leave us a comment. Tell us what you want to talk about. Ask us a question. Say hello and like the page. Right, like the page. That's a big one. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. goodbye, my dear. I will see goodbye. you next week. Goodbye.
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.